0: Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at wedding Destination Podcast. Welcome, everyone. It's wonderful to have you here, and I'm excited that you're tuning into a conversation that I have been really excited to share. Nicole Golding of Chic by Nicole joins me today, and we are going to be talking about a topic that many of you have asked about, planning destination wedding editorials and styled shoots. After being online friends for years, I recently had the pleasure of collaborating with Nicole on a beautiful editorial in a chateau outside of Paris, and after seeing her process and her exquisite work in real life, knew she would be the perfect person to share her insight with you. Nicole is the owner of Chic by Nicole, an internationally sought-after luxury wedding planning and design firm who specializes in creating events with refined design and elevated guest experience. Named one of the top planners in the world by Vogue and Brides, Nicole's exquisite vision, attention to detail, creative direction, and bridal styling have allowed her to plan meticulously designed events and editorials from Italy to Paris to Toronto. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Wedding Destination.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited.
0: I am so excited to have you here, Nicole. You have such a distinctive vision and your work truly speaks for itself. And I'm really looking forward to our listeners to get to know you. So before we dive into all things wedding editorials, can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start and what made you venture into destination weddings and bridal styling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am one of those past brides who got married and said, I'm a wedding planner now. <laughs> I know a lot of wedding planners kind of hate that, you know, thinking that, you know, somebody just plans a wedding and they think they can be a wedding planner. But truly, I've done events for a while. I used to do like showers and birthday parties for friends and family members and people used to always say like you should really go into wedding planning or event planning and i kind of always push it to the side because it wasn't really in my trajectory but i was like you know it's something i like doing so i'm gonna keep doing it and then i think after planning my own wedding i was like you know what i really think i can do this so you know one day i looked at my ex-husband and i said I'm going to do it. I'm going to start planning weddings. And I put myself on the Canadian version of Craigslist and said, hi, I'm a wedding planner. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a start that was, you know, unexpected, but it's been such an incredible journey. You know, I started planning weddings in Montreal cause that's where I live. That's where I'm from. La Belle province, Quebec in Canada. I'm born and raised in Toronto though, from Jamaican background. And I got into destination weddings kind of recently. I just kind of felt like my aesthetic and my approach wasn't necessarily what I was getting in the market that I'm serving right now. And I had to think how do I get that ideal client? How do I make my aesthetic shine? You know, where are people a better fit for what Chic by Nicole can provide? And really trying to look into like European destinations some South American, as well as Caribbean, like Cabo, you know, it really kind of played into my aesthetic as well as the type of weddings that I want to coordinate and design. So I kind of just made the leap and said, you know what, I'm going to start offering services outside of Canada, outside of the U.S., and basically decided to get into destination wedding planning. So again, totally unexpected but something definitely that makes sense because, you know, the European architecture, the landscape, everything about it inspires me. So why not, right?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I love that you had that vision so early in your career that you really found the ideal clients that you wanted to work with in the venues and the settings that would allow you to shine artistically, that was destination weddings. And I think for a lot of people in the destination wedding industry, they have a pretty similar trajectory as you with having that thought process. So When you decided that you wanted to work in events after planning your own wedding, which, you know, honestly is incredible. And to be honest, I think that's how a lot of people in the industry get started. Often it's the first time that we're really exposed to the wedding industry. But even... Rewinding earlier in your life. Did you, as you were growing up, ever have any inclination into design, the arts, fashion, you know, anything that started to make you have a little bit of a curiosity that pointed you into the direction that you're going today?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when I look back at my life, I see little dots that can be connected that kind of encompass everything that's in my business, right? Um, since I was young, I've always been like a very greedy child, love gastronomy, love food. Um, when it comes to fashion, you know, I wouldn't say in high school as the most fashionable, but you know, I used to watch the hills. I don't know if I'm dating myself, and everybody wanted to be like low and Olivia Palermo and work at DVF and all that kind of stuff. So it's been in my trajectory in the sense that there are certain things about weddings I've always loved. Interior design I got more into as I got older. When I was younger, it was kind of like a dormitory, you know, but as I got older, I really started gravitating towards beautiful interiors and textures and fabrics and, you know, so... I think a lot of what I do now throughout my life in different periods has been really relevant and things that I've really wanted. I really wanted to work at Mary Claire and Elle and work at a fashion magazine in high school as well. So I can see so many different dots that kind of connect to where I am, but it wasn't specifically I want to do weddings. It was like, oh, I like that. And I really love food and I really like interior design and, you know, people asking me for fashion advice and, you know, what should I wear? Or I love that outfit. So it all kind of came. Together in that sort of sense, I would say.
0: That's incredible. And I am also a Hills girl here, so you're definitely speaking to me. And <laughs> and you know, one thing about you, Nicole, that I think makes you really unique is that you approach every wedding that you take on from the role of a creative director and that you are truly involved in every single step of the wedding planning process from the logistics and the back end of the kind of the traditional wedding planning elements also to design, but you even take it a step further and that you are involved in the bridal and fashion styling. And I think that is something that is very, very special and unique to you and that you really provide your clients a concierge-level service. I would love if you could walk us through your creative process when you're working on a wedding kind of from the very beginning of when a couple finds you all the way through how you create your the design and fashion and really take it through to the wedding day.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I think that when a client comes on for me, you know, bridal styling is something I started offering recently uh, because I, a lot of brides were asking me, like, what kind of dress should I get? Like, can you come to my appointment with me? They were really asking me for my fashion advice. And then it became, what should my bridesmaids wear? Like, how does this go with the palette? And I was like, why am I not offering this service? Right. So essentially, when I kind of onboard a new client, a new couple, I want to get to know who they are. Right. I want to know what they love. What are your date nights like? What does your, the interior of your home look like, right? Because although, you know, we kind of gravitate towards certain things, we also want to kind of refine what they love and kind of give it a chic by Nicole touch. So I really spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's important to them and how they want their wedding to look and feel. So we kind of start there and then we start talking about where do you want to have your wedding? If it's local, obviously we're just going to local venues. If it's destination, we're talking about what's the feel you want your wedding to have? When do you want to get married? What months? Because that changes the weather. Do you want to have a civil or a religious ceremony? That changes a lot of things too, because a lot of countries, people don't realize it's not an actual wedding where you're signing the papers there. You're getting married in the States or Canada and then having like a civil ceremony there, right? So we take all of those things into account. And then we start on the fun part, which I call sourcing and design. So we're going to source all the great photographers, videographers, you know, all the vendors that we want to create this amazing team with. Um, And then we move into design, which is kind of like their palette. You know, what do you want your wedding to look like? How do you want it to feel? And kind of bringing images together and kind of outputting inspiration to them that we want their wedding to look like after that entire process. So it really is like a step by step, everything going hand in hand, but starting from scratch when it comes to full service and bringing it all the way through to execution, the look, the logistics, all of that kind of together in one.
0: That's amazing. And with the fashion styling, I know that now you're working with your brides on bridal styling, but you also are doing fashion styling for Bridal Party and other members of the wedding. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. So something I offer with bridal styling is that we do a mood board for guests because a lot of times, especially when it comes to a destination wedding, guests have no idea what to wear. Um, I always suggest that clients put on the website, like their location, what it looks like, give them some inspiration pictures, as well as the weather. Because a lot of times, sometimes people haven't traveled to the destination. They don't know what's appropriate, especially with the venue. So something that we offer also is um, styling for the bridal party. And then if the mother of the groom, mother of the bride, you know, wants some kind of styling suggestions, we can do that with the palette as well. Because it doesn't have to be matchy-matchy, but you want it to be cohesive, right? Um, And then on top of that, we sometimes create a mood board for the guests. So when they go onto the wedding website, they can kind of see what the vibe is going to be like. And I love that because it kind of gives guests a heads up as to what they're expecting. It's exciting.
0: That is so good. And honestly, I think as a guest, that's what you want, that you know before you're going, and especially for a destination wedding, you're taking off one to two weeks of work. You're you know, investing in international airfare. It's a huge commitment. And when it starts to build the excitement that much earlier and also turning the fashion into something that guests get to have fun with too, what an incredible experience. And then also, I can speak personally as a photographer, when the guests are coordinated, wow, it Elevates the photos so much more. It really turns every scene into almost a piece of art. Of course, it's not matchy matchy, but just feeling like yes, these people are all at the same place. They quote unquote understood the assignment. That is amazing, and I think that's something that's really, really special. And. Personally, I'm seeing that a lot more in destination weddings and events. And I think even turning the whole weekend, every day there being a different stylistic attire Mm -hmm. choice for the guests, I think that's something that just not only makes the photos that much more incredible, but really, really makes the guest experience that much more special and unique and once in a lifetime. And, you know, Nicole, I know that you also bring that similar creative approach into brand direction and that you also work as a creative director for brand campaigns. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So that also came out of nowhere. Um, Essentially, you know, once I started doing editorials, I had brands kind of reaching out and saying, hey, like our new collection is coming out. Would you be able to style it in your next editorial? And I had to figure out what is the best mix between, you know, doing free work, uh, styling and you know, kind of getting my brand out there. So you know, I've had jewelry, I've had velvet boxes, I've had different brands kind of reach out because they kind of want the same aesthetic, but when it comes to their actual product or their actual brand. And it's, it's really flattering because to think that, you know, somebody sees what you're doing and they really want that to kind of resonate with their clients through their brand is something I truly love. So it's not something I do as much as weddings, but definitely creative direction is something that I love doing, and it really kind of opens a different side of my creativity because we can do things on a smaller scale, but very big, right? So I absolutely love doing that. Incredible. And with that, you know, I think that you're really
0: known for your international wedding editorial work. I'm sure that's how a lot of these brands find you. They see these beautiful editorials that you do, and essentially they want you to do something similar, but with the focus being on their brand. And with that, I know that really that's been something that has put you on the international map. Personally, it brought the two of us to working together. And I would love if you could share a little little bit more about the full process of planning an international wedding editorial. I know that that is something that personally I get so many questions from, whether it's fellow photographers, planners, stylists, designers that really want to break into a new market, that want to break into the international market, and they aren't sure how to begin. So can you walk us through your process of planning an international editorial?
1: Yeah, so it kind of varies, but I think the key is to have a network before you start planning, right? A lot of times, you know, photographers and different vendors will say, how do I get to work with a certain wedding planner? And if you're looking on an international scale, like, say, for instance, somebody wants to work with you or they want to work with me in a different country, building that relationship beforehand, before you're approaching for an editorial is really special. And to me, it's very, very, very important. So I think having a network of, you know, solid vendors who you want to do a real wedding with is super important because when it comes time to do the editorial, I'm knocking on your door and saying, hey, Molly, time to do an editorial. Are you interested? And we already have that relationship. I know your style, you know my style. And it's really kind of building that kind of canvas together. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to an editorial, unless it's for like creative direction for a brand or for a magazine, it's really about showing clients your aesthetic and what you think looks good. And you want a client to come in and say, hey. I want that whole team in this venue, but a little bit different, right? So I think really starting with a solid network of vendors is super important. Then we move on to the venue because the venue is really going to direct everything when it comes to how you're shooting, where you're shooting, the time you're shooting, I like to say, and this is the same for weddings, I like the venue to kind of direct the palette and the feel, not the other way around, right? So if you're getting married in a ballroom that has purple carpet, God forbid, but if it does, right, you're not going to necessarily want to do, you know, a punchy brown and green wedding because it's going to look like Christmas. So finding the venue, and kind of connecting with venue partners and figuring out, you know, how you want it to look in conjunction with the venue is probably the the second step that I would take. From there, you know, you're sourcing models, you're going to uh, salons and getting dresses and getting attire, I think that is probably one of the most difficult things in a new country because you know when you are in a certain area, people know your name, right? And when people don't know your name, it's a little bit harder for them to lend you a $10,000 gown or a $12,000 gown. So again, I'm gonna go back to it again, building a network before you even start working or doing an editorial in a certain country I think is super, super important. Just the things to know is that you know, in the US versus Canada versus Mexico versus Europe, everything is completely different you know, the speed people work at. We know certain months in Paris, don't expect any kind of replies from anybody, right? Same thing with Italy, expect like, you know, there's going to be a long wait for some replies. So understanding the culture as well, understanding how things work there will bode in your favor. And this is all setting you up to do real work in that location. So it's all worth it. It's all super necessary. So I think those are probably the first step, the network you know, then going through the venue, you know, sourcing um, your outfits, um, models are something that, you know, you have to really consider. I know some people like to use real couples. I have nothing against that. I always love using models because they give me that real editorial edgy feel. But just know that, you know, models in Paris are going to be two, three, four times more than they are in the United States. So you have to kind of sit down and budget with your team and figure out what's going to work and then kind of work through all the steps that I've kind of gone through.
0: So much good information. I mean, honestly, the way that you broke that down. And I know that especially as you said, the gowns, the models, that can be one of the most challenging aspects of pulling together an editorial and also one of the most important aspects. So specifically with gowns, How would you recommend somebody starts to source something? Would you recommend they bring something from their home country, from a local dress store, or try to make a relationship with a designer that's based in
1: that country? I think all works. All of that could be a possibility. I'm always a fan, especially for planners who don't necessarily have that experience and that niche, use a bridal stylist for your editorial. I know a lot of people don't necessarily do it, but do that because we have the connections, right? I can go to a boutique in Montreal or Toronto or New York and be like, hey, can you ship me a gown? And I can bring it with me because I have those connections. So you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Think of different ways that you can kind of get to the end goal without having to you know, go through all the stress. So if you have a bridal stylist, they can source the gown for you. If you have connections with Boutiques in your area definitely fly the dress with you. Do not check the dress. Bring the dress on the plane with you at all times. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Pro tip. But definitely fly it with you. <laughs> no, that um, is then, you know, such if you're good going advice. To a boutique that you've never worked with. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think if you're going to a boutique that you've never worked with, you know, show them your work right? Just don't go in there and say, hey, I'm doing an editorial. Show them who the team is. Show them the mood board, the venue. Kind of build up that trust with them by showing them your portfolio and see if they're interested at that point. Sorry, Molly, you were saying something.
0: No, I was just completely agreeing with you. And with bringing the dress on the plane, yes, that is so important. It's something that also specifically for photographers, they might not be able to do because oftentimes their carry-on is 100% camera equipment. So that is that that you really need to think about in advance whether it's like you said working with a bridal stylist that they're the one that's going to bring it there or having another person on the team but yes you cannot be checking the address 100% and you know also i think how you had network. said that the network is so important and I think especially when you are trying to pitch the concept to the venue, to designers, to people that aren't in your network, when you can show them a list of really established names, some of them maybe they've worked with before or who they at least recognize, maybe have a relationship with, that is such an incredible bridge to connect you even if you don't know them yet. They're knowing that you know, you're working with these really established people that they trust. They know they're going to get a great result. And I think that is a really wonderful way to start to make that connection when you don't have it on your own. And, you know, Nicole, what would you say that, what's your why behind doing editorial shoots? So I know that you really want to show the type of work that you can do. When you are designing an editorial, are you thinking about your ideal client? You know, what's your mindset and really your end goal in that editorial?
1: Yeah. So I think my why has changed right over the years. When I first started, it was kind of like, let me see what happens. Like when I put this out there, when I first started, I really wanted to get published. I mean, I think the first time I was published was in Wedding Chicks and I was over the moon for two months. Like nobody could speak to me. I was famous, right? (laughs) But um, You know, (laughs) now I'm in a completely different place where what I'm creating, I'm creating because this is what I want my clients to want. I want to show them the aesthetic. I want to show them the teams. I want to show them ideas and different ways to style tables and add things. And, you know, when it comes to styling uh, the bride as well, like showing them different bridal styling tips. I'm very minimal when it comes to my styling, but I want to show them minimal can be beautiful as well. So really and truly, when I'm getting a team together now to do an editorial, I probably want to work at that venue. I want to work in that city. I want to work in that province or that state or that country, Um, as well as I want to work with that vendor team, right? I want to put forth a real wedding with that exact vendor team that kind of is an offshoot from the editorial. I don't want to do the exact same thing. But I want to kind of show clients what I think looks good and kind of what Chic by Nicole can kind of put out there. So that's why I do them now.
0: Yes. And I think what you said about wanting to do a real wedding with that creative team is just so incredibly nail on the head. I I can tell you that I have done editorials and six months, a year, three years later have finally done a wedding with that creative team. And I mean, wow, what a wonderful experience. Not only is that level of trust, appreciation, teamwork, camaraderie already established, but really it just you are coming together and working as one. It almost is elevating the wedding to feel like another editorial that it's giving everybody that creative freedom to really do their 100% best work. And that To me, is such an incredible experience. And you had mentioned that, you know, a lot of your goal of doing editorials now is really thinking about breaking into new markets. So for example, the editorial that we did together at the beautiful chateau outside of Paris, you know, the goal of that, of course, is for us all to come back together at another beautiful chateau in France and to really work with that incredible team of creatives that you pulled together. So with that, what is your overall thought process behind using editorials to break into a new market?
1: I think it's twofold, right? I think the networking piece is huge, right? So you know, people will find me through Instagram or they'll find me through in Brides article or whatever the case may be, the Vogue list. But really working with people and networking with them is completely different than somebody just seeing your name and saying, oh, I think I've seen her work, right? Like working with you, Molly was an experience that I would never have been able to have just by kind of seeing your beautiful pictures and you working with you is just as beautiful as your actual portfolio is, right? So really being able to network in that Of course, network in that way is super important. Having people see your process, you learn their process as you're building the editorial together, that's super important. So I think mainly that would be the one thing that I would say that sticks out and why I kind of continue to do editorials the way I do. Seeing people's process, making sure we're a good fit as well as the aesthetic is super, super important.
0: Yes, I could not agree more. I mean, I truly do think that editorials are the best way to break into a new market. And also, I think really as a creative, it gives you the ability to work in a new destination, which is inevitably so much more challenging on a much lower scale and to some extent, lower pressure environment versus the first time that you're working in France, as an example, it being a 200 person, three or four day destination wedding. Obviously with that, the stakes are so much higher. So when you do an editorial, not only are you putting that work out there that really is attracting you the right clients, but also you're getting that experience under your belt of having worked in new markets, you're making relationships in those new markets so that when that dream wedding comes around, you already have the team, you already have the trust, and you know that 110% you are going to be able to deliver your absolute best work because you've already done it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think on top of that, one thing I want to add with destination weddings, clients want to see you in those destinations, right? They want to see that you're working there, that you have photos there, that you're visiting there. And I think it would be such a disservice to a client to say, hey, you know, I'm a destination wedding planner and I do weddings in Morocco and I've never been to Morocco, right? How tragic is that? (laughs) So that's another point that I would definitely add about doing editorials for destination wedding clients for sure.
0: Exactly, yes. I mean, even there's so many – Hard learnings that we have along the way with doing destination weddings. Nobody would say that they are easier than doing a wedding in your backyard when you can haul everything into your van and you have this very (laughs) set formula, you know, formula kind of approach to everything. But on the flip side, Mm -hmm. you're able to create something that is so much more special and one of a kind and bespoke and really just unique to that client because every wedding is completely one of a kind. You're not doing the same repetitive type of design, the same repetitive type of event and style over and over again. So I think really, like you said, Morocco being the perfect example, go there, get to know people there, you know, really get to understand what some of the challenges are in a destination like that. I mean, obviously even flying into Morocco, customs can be a challenge as an example. So these are all yeah. things that, you know, you learn in a much more low risk environment. So again, when that dream client comes around, you know you are set to be able to execute it. And just showing that you're there, like you said, Nicole, is I think incredibly important too, so that you're not just, you know, you're really walking the walk versus
1: just talking the talk. Right. And there's so many nuances with different countries that we don't even think about. You you mentioned customs, definitely one. I remember when we were planning our shoot in Paris, I said to Laetitia uh, Fleuraisie, I said, can we get Smilax? She's like, we can't get Smilax here. I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes. little things like that, learning, you know, how cultures work and, you know, how, you know, certain vendors don't do certain things or this company is always going to charge you to deliver or, you know, this is the boundary for this or that. Like, it's just so invaluable. So I, I, I honestly love it. I love doing yes. the tutorials that way.
0: Yes. I mean, I think we could go completely on a tangent and name 50 different examples. I mean, I can tell you a florist (laughs) that I know who has done destination events told me when she did her first International editorial and traveled to France. She went to the flower market and then found out that she needed a special license to be able to go to the flower market. So instead of going to the flower market (laughs) and buying product like she normally would, she had to go to all of the charming but incredibly expensive little floral shops throughout Paris and buy, you know, three dozen roses here, more product here. And Obviously, that is incredibly expensive. It's time consuming. It's stressful. But when you're doing it on a small scale, yes, you make it work. And then you learn that when you do a wedding there and you're doing a 200 person event and you're needing to bring in, you know, an entire truckload of product, at that point, you've already had the ability to create those relationships at the floral market to get that license versus finding out the day of a wedding when you're going to a market that you're not being able to let in. So I think there's just so many reasons why doing the editorials really, I think, allows us as creatives to be at the level that we need to be to execute high-end luxury destination events.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, aside from editorials just for destination weddings, really having partners in different countries is so super important for destination wedding planners, especially. I can imagine photographers and florists, it would be the exact same thing as well. I truly believe in community over competition. If somebody's doing a wedding in Canada or any area that I specialize in, I will give you the information that you need to make sure that you're successful just because I want to see everybody win and vice versa. I have some really, really good pals in Paris who were able to direct me when it came to the chateau, like, where should I look? Or, you know, does this, is this supposed to happen this way, just having somebody who's on your level as well as has the exact same experiences with you in the actual target country is so super important. So don't discount reaching out to, you know, and networking with partners who do the exact same thing you do, right? And kind of creating that community, it will really help in the end.
0: Yes, I completely agree. So with that, how would you recommend people start to build that network internationally? I think that that can be really overwhelming to some people and I think especially for someone who is more introverted, they can find the thought and the, you know, feeling like they need to be reaching out and connecting with people in another market, worrying about the language barrier, that can be a little bit overwhelming and intimidating. So how mm-hmm. would you recommend starting to cultivate an international network?
1: I think we're lucky. We're lucky uh, where we are right now because of social media. Social media really allows you to create besties across the pond without ever meeting somebody. I would like to say that as a planner, I get tons of emails all the time. I want to work with you. How do I work with you? Can you send this to your clients? Don't do that. Let's not do that anymore. I think kind of bridging the gap and creating an organic relationship through Instagram or TikTok or wherever it is the partners you want to work with are is super important because then instead of feeling like somebody's just coming to you with a sales pitch, you feel like you actually have a relationship with that person. Comment on their content, comment on their stories. You know, just kind of build that kind of connection. So when they see your name, they know who you are and make it genuine. You know, I, there's some people who may go and comment on every single person's page and every single person's story. And while that might be great, because they might know your name, does it feel genuine to the person you're trying to connect with? So building those relationships, I think that's how we connected, Molly. I don't even yes. remember. But, Definitely. Um, it was know, through Instagram. Yeah, is it? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, you know, building those genuine connections so that, you know, when you meet, you're like, wait, I've never met this person, but I already feel like we're best friends. or I always feel like we know each other. And, you know, then asking them for their time or then, you know, kind of pitching your client after you build that relationship is uh, the way to go, I would say. And that's just like a personal opinion for sure.
0: I would 110% agree with you. I think that Instagram is the absolute best way to begin the relationship building process without feeling salesy with it being from a truly authentic place. Not trying to send over your pricing, but really... Like you said, we don't want to be cold call sales pitch. Here's my PDF. I understand it comes from a good place. And I'm sure a lot of online resources when you're starting will tell you that's what you should do. But I think that Instagram has made that almost completely irrelevant because that is a way that you can genuinely support people, connect with them, lift them up. And over time, it will just inevitably happen that you work together if your styles and working type align. And I mean, I know personally, so many of my absolute closest relationships in the industry, you including Nicole, have all been made through Mm -hmm. Instagram. And I think that so much now in 2023, we think about Instagram solely as a marketing vehicle solely as really our online portfolio, like a secondary website. And yes, it is, but it was created for connection to be a social network. Do not lose sight of that. Allow it to be a social network and be a place to connect versus just sharing your work. And that's when you're going to get the absolute most out of it.
1: Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think, you know, from a planner's perspective, it might be a little bit different as well, because there's so many companies always trying to pitch us their services. But, you know, these emails or, you know, even sending a DM and being like, when can we meet? Ah, uh, We can't because I'm really busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just think building a connection. I would tra- I'd probably be a hundred times more willing, you know, to set aside some time for somebody that you know through the past six months I've gotten to know them and their work, right, and the aesthetic match and the vibe fits. Uh, the vibe check is good. You know what I mean? Than somebody who just emails me and says, "Hey, let's meet up for coffee." I wish I had unlimited time like that. I just really don't. So you know, I think that connection is super, super important. Absolutely. And Nicole, you know, I think one thing that you really are always very
0: in touch with is where the wedding industry from a design and style and fashion industry is moving. And I would love to know if there are any trends that you've been seeing in the destination wedding industry, whether it's design or even just from an experiential perspective, destination, that you are seeing a lot that you're excited about.
1: Yeah, so I see a lot of things picking up with destination weddings. The first thing I would say is something we've talked about already and that's multiple events. Right. So before I, I always remember it was like, you know, you showed up to the estimation wedding, maybe they had a welcome dinner, maybe they didn't. You went to the wedding, maybe there was a Fair and well brunch, but now couples are really packing in that guest experience. So you might come and there might be like a welcome cocktail and then a well and then a welcome dinner. And then the next day there might be like an all-white party or there might be like a beach party. And then, you know, throughout the wedding week, they're really kind of packing in those activities for anybody who wants to join. And what I really love about that is, if your families have not had a chance to kind of get to know each other it gives them that time to kind of build that kind of quality connection before the actual wedding day so you know when they're showing up on the wedding day they're actually leaning on each other's shoulders and crying uh you know somebody that they didn't know a week ago because they actually built this experience and they had this experience together with the couple learning each other's friends and families and kind of creating these memories so I really love that and you know it doesn't have to be anything fancy it could It'd be, hey, guys, we're meeting for breakfast today at this time. Feel free to join us. Just like these intentional checkpoints with your guests and letting them know, yes, you're here for our wedding, but we want you to have a great experience as well. So I think I see that picking up and I love that.
0: Yes, I love that. And, you know, with what you were saying, I think, I mean, with the multi-day events, one of the best things about that is I think as a bride and groom or groom and groom, bride and bride, as a couple, that it really takes the pressure off of the wedding. Because I think we all can attest to, you know, 10 years ago going to weddings where there's three, four, five hundred guests and sitting at a table and watching the bride and groom have to make the proverbial rounds and go to every single table and thank every single guest being there. And next thing they know, they haven't yeah. had a bite of their meal, they haven't had a drink, they haven't had time to dance. And really your guests, they don't want that for you. They want you to enjoy your day. They're just grateful to be invited. They're having a blast regardless. But when you do a destination event, A, typically it will be a more intimate guest count. But B, you have multiple touch points throughout the week so that by the time your wedding day has arrived, most likely you've already gotten to naturally interact with every single guest there, meaning on your wedding day, you can just be present. You can enjoy the day exactly as you want to. You don't feel any pressure. And also it takes a little bit of the pressure off feeling like, okay, this wedding is seven hours long. We have to fit in a lifetime of memories and experiences in these seven hours. I mean, really, we want on your wedding day. By the time the day gets there, for you to feel like, wow, we've already almost had a wedding because we've had so many spectacular yeah. events <laughs> and memories and experiences that this is just, you know, icing on the cake. And I think what you said about bringing families together—that is something that I think makes destination weddings so incredibly extraordinary because when you have two families coming together for this marriage, they're going to be connected for the rest of your lives. And when you have this Mm -hmm. foundation and you have these relationships that are built, it means that when everybody says goodbye, that's not the end. I mean, oftentimes your families because of that will continue to grow and to form relationships and really to almost become one throughout the decades. And I think that having that destination event is just such an incredibly special way to bring those people together that in any other circumstance, very likely would never be spending more than a few hours together in their lives.
1: A hundred percent agree with everything you said.
0: Well, Nicole, I know that probably many of our listeners already follow you, but for those who may have just met you, where can we follow and learn more about you?
1: Of course. So I'm very active on my Instagram, which is at chicbynicole. Um, I have a cool Pinterest, I'd like to say, that has a little bit of fashion, a lot of weddings. Um, that's at chicbynicole__ Facebook as well, Chic by Nicole. I'm Chic by Nicole everywhere. So just Google me. You'll find me. Let's connect. I'd love to meet you.
0: Fabulous. Nicole, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and all of your amazing insights. And thank
1: you for joining us here on The Wedding Destination. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always love chatting with you, Molly.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr. And you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Car Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.